0: Hey church family, today's going to be a little bit different. I regret that I'm not in the house with you, but I'm actually away at a conference and I'm studying what is happening with a ministry that is called Teach Every Nation. This ministry is making a kingdom sized difference around the world and specifically on the continent of Africa and in the nation of India and in several other locations. I almost canceled my attendance at this conference. After all, it is Mission Sunday and our missions pastor just left, so I felt like, well, I need to be there. But then the irony of that hit me, wait a minute, you're going to miss out on attending a conference about teaching every nation so that you could be at home in Hopkinsville? Well, I I think you can get it. This is Mission Sunday and we're kicking off our year-end mission offering. 2023 has been a year of going for our church, but not only going, it's like the Lord has been bringing the nations to our doorstep. Let me introduce to you Mikola Drono. He prefers to go by Nick. He and his family are refugees from the Ukraine. They fled that war-torn country and that war continues to this very day and through a number of turns and connections, God brought them to Hopkinsville and specifically to New Work Fellowship. Their first time here was extravaganza of this year. Nick and his family quickly connected with some of our pastors, especially with our kids and family pastor Cliff Hines. While language differences always pose a challenge to relationships, listen a mutual love for jesus christ and each other can bridge any gap nick and his family continue to invest themselves into new work becoming a part of us more and more every day and what a great reminder to us that missions begins right here and what an awesome opportunity for us to connect with other christ followers from across the world listen i've asked nick to join Pastor Cliff in reading our scripture today in their own native language, just to remind us that missions is always so much bigger than just right here and just right now. God really is at work in all the nations.
1: Today, we'll be reading from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up through the Holy Spirit after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During
2: the 40
1: days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them, in many ways, that he was actually alive. He talked to them about the kingdom of God.
2: Once,
1: when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he has promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit.
2: А зібравшися з ними, він звелів, щоб вони не відходили з Єрусалиму, а чекали обітниці Божої, що про неї казав. Ви чули від мене: Іван бо водою хрестив, чи ви ж охрещені будете Духом Святим
1: через кілька тих днів. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him Lord, has a time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom?
2: He replied,
1: The Father alone has the authority to set those dates in time, and they are not for me to know.
2: to time
1: but you will receive power through the Holy Spirit when He comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth.
2: Та ви приймете силу, як Дух Святий злине на вас, і моїми ви свідками будете в Єрусалимі і в усій Юдеї та в Самарії та аж до останнього краю землі.
3: We exist. Exist. so that every man,
4: woman, and child would have
5: the
6: opportunity,
1: opportunity. would
5: have the opportunity to,
3: to know Christ, Christ
6: and grow in Christ, and go as the body, body of Christ.
0: So, where do we get that mission statement? Well, we get it from right here in the Bible. Jesus himself defined our mission. He set the vision. He told us what we are to do. So we begin right where we are and we take the good news of Jesus to the nations. That same singular vision has been handed down to us through the centuries, generation after generation, until it landed in our lap and it became our calling. It defines us. It defines New Work Fellowship. And listen, it can define your life as well. So listen again to that spark, that ignited missions in all of us. The scriptures put it this way. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Those are our marching orders. That is the birthplace of the mission movement. In other words, take it to the nations. Those words capture not only the mission of the church, they define the priority of missions in the church. Today is Mission Sunday. And what a year it has been for New Work Fellowship. But listen, it's really not about new work. It's about the kingdom. It's of about our marching orders given to us from the very lips of Jesus. Be my witnesses. Tell people about me everywhere. Today, we're going to unpack the missional call of our church. How is it that a church, a Jesus follower, can live out the mission of the Lord? Well, the answer to that is found in His words. And let me suggest that the first thing we have to do is
5: you have to look back look back it may sound strange but to go forward the first thing you do is look back even luke the author of the work words of acts tells us to begin by looking backward notice what luke says in verse one underline or circle these words everything that jesus began to do that's a key word there's a message in there jesus began the work but now what jesus was preparing to leave Things were about to change in a big, big way. But Dr. Luke's words are so important. There's this depth there that everything Jesus began to do. What he's saying is that in his personal biography of Jesus, that that was just the beginning of the story. There's more, a whole lot more. Now, of course, Jesus had already told the disciples the same thing. In John 16, Jesus told them, I'm going away. And the truth is jesus knew exactly how the disciples would hear that he said you'll grieve and they did and so do we we all respond to seasons of transition and loss with grief but then jesus used that word we all listen for he said i'm going away you'll grieve but man don't we love those but god moments? this is what jesus says i'm going away you're gonna grieve but it's best that i go in fact, this word's one of those sacred echoes where God says again what he'd already said. Back in John 14, 12, Jesus had previously told them, when I'm gone, you will do the same works and greater works than these. So when Luke tells us that this first book was about everything that Jesus began to do, it's Luke's way of saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. What Jesus began to do, Jesus continues to do. The work Jesus did at first continues today that work continues through you and through his church and speaking of looking back
0: let me share with you something that i'm exceedingly excited about as you know just last month we said goodbye to Corey and janie pitts which meant we're coming up to our missions focus without our missions mobilizer but god is always at work and he is always on mission and i have great news church family Just last week, our leadership team hired a missions coordinator. It's like God just opened the door and dropped a person in our lap. So let me introduce to you April Oates. April doesn't really need an introduction for many of you. She's already a part of our church family. She and her daughter, AJ, they're just precious folks. And for a couple of years now, I've had a number of visits with April about a sense of what God's doing in her life and what's next and and maybe changes down the road. April has worked for AT&T for 29 years. She works in that iconic Batman building. She oversees a large sales team and is very successful at what she does and will continue to do. But I would tell you the most important thing about April is that she loves Jesus and she wants to follow him as best she can. Before I left on that mission trip to Kenya, having just found out less than 24 hours before that Corey and Janie were likely leaving, I followed a nudge from the Holy Spirit who said to me, talk to April. I didn't know how that would go, but like I tell you, if you don't take the first step, you won't ever discover the second step. Well, after a bunch of steps, I am thrilled to share with you that April is joining our team as an interim missions coordinator. God opened the door, I extended an invitation, and she stepped out on faith to see what God is doing. So you're going to be able to now hear from her.
6: Years ago, there was a very popular Bible study called Experiencing God. Many of you did that study, and one of the things that Henry Blackaby talked about was what he called spiritual markers. Moments, events, people in your life where God worked. The study calls us to look back in order to see where God is leading. This is how Blackaby put it, a spiritual marker identifies a time of transition, direction or decision when I clearly know God guided me. Blackaby continues, over time, I can look back at these spiritual markers and see how God faithfully directed my life according to his divine purpose. So let's look back. 2023 has really been a year of go for New Work Fellowship. Let's look back and see God at work, because Jesus began the work, but Jesus is still at work. During September, a team from Newark Fellowship went to Mombasa, Kenya to partner with Lighthouse for Christ. Pastor Kevin taught a pastor's conference on church health and church growth, and 170 pastors attended. Likewise, Janie taught a conference for the pastor's wives. And we had a team who traveled into the bush to build a church facility where they only had a mud hut previously. You had a part in all of that, New Work. That's your mission dollars at work. I
1: love worship at New Work Fellowship. Our worship team does an amazing job engaging us and bringing us to the foot of the cross to be able to worship Christ. But it doesn't have to just be here with the lights and the projection and the awesome band when i had the opportunity to go to kenya and we took a concrete slab and we built the church these people came from miles around and walked for over two hours to be able to come and worship we had the honor to be able to participate in the inaugural worship service in this new church that we just built because of you the money And the time and the prayer that New Work Fellowship gave allowed us the opportunity to go there and worship with them.
6: Another GO! trip took a team to the Amazon River Basin. A medical team went to provide physical needs of the people and to share Christ. We did VBS with kids and preached Jesus.
3: I was fortunate enough to be a part of the Brazil Mission trip this past March. I remember back in dental school, I asked one of my professors, how can I use my gifts to serve others? His response was God has blessed me so much, there is no way I could ever give enough. That really stuck with me and I'm always looking for ways to use my God-given talents to glorify his kingdom. The first time Kevin mentioned this trip, I knew in my heart that I was supposed to be on that boat. I never imagined that God would use me to provide dental care to the underserved and forgotten about communities along the Amazon River. We often forget that what we do on a daily basis can make a huge impact in the lives of others. I'm thankful that Newark not only serves the people of Hopkinsville, but it also gives us the opportunity to serve around the world. I honestly believe that there is not a more exciting life than a life that says yes to following Jesus.
6: Newark, we also went to France, where we had the opportunity to connect with the community in vitri through a ping pong competition. Not only that, but we were able to partner with a local worship team And help them host a night of worship
7: when I went to France with the Newark fellowship mission team back in May I had some firsts my first time in France and my very first mission trip when we worked with the church in Vitry-sur-Seine both in their church and out in the community we found a church with a heart for Jesus and for the people of France The laws in France are such that make it difficult and even dangerous for Christians to approach people and tell them about the Lord. But the church in Vitry has worked hard to find ways to serve and love on their community, showing them the love of God and drawing them to Him. I found their passion for telling people about Jesus and the fact that they aren't hindered by fear to be very humbling and inspiring. Another first for me was the opportunity to sing in a different language. I know very little French, but this was a lot of fun. The people seemed touched that we even tried. The most touching thing to me though, was when we all joined together, people from opposite sides of the world with different languages and cultures, and sang with one heart, one voice, and one intent to glorify God. It was a beautiful moment of brotherhood and unity and I remember thinking to myself that this must be just a little touch of what heaven will be like. I'm so thankful to God for allowing me to go on that trip and have that experience. It's one I'll never forget. The Eastern Kentucky mission team did multiple
6: construction projects on various properties of our mission partner, the Maridzo Center. From installing ceilings to painting buildings, the team helped take care of the very buildings where the ministry shares the love of Christ.
8: I've wanted to go on the Eastern Kentucky mission trip for a really long time because I'm basically from there. I um, grew up in Virginia, just across the border, so for years I've thought, I need to go on the trip. The thing that energized me most about this trip was that just that I was actually going to give up controls, actually going to go to a place that I felt like needed, what well, hopefully we were going to bring to them. And um, I was excited to be a part of that and excited to be a part of the people that I felt like were my people. Um, and I just loved being a part of the team. The team was fantastic. And um, some things that on the trip that we did, well, actually the main thing that we did was paint a building. Um, and That was neat because they kind of just handed us the project and said just do it the way you want to. The impact was that we made a building better, and we made an impact on everybody who drove by that building that week and saw what we were doing. They were curious about what we were doing. So I feel like that really um, that really added to the ministry of the people who are already there working and and giving their lives to the people who live in eastern Kentucky and specifically that town. Newark, this
6: is the third year that we've partnered with One Community Church in New York, located in Hell's Kitchen. While at One Community Church, we helped with church setup, trash cleanup in the city, community projects like pumpkin giveaways and Parents' Day Out. We were also able to walk the streets of Hell's Kitchen handing out water to the homeless and refugees, and praying for them. But most importantly, we connected with people right where they were.
9: In October, I was a part of a team that partnered with one community church in various areas in Hell's Kitchen. Amongst the various missional activities we participated in alongside the church, New Work Fellowship carves out time to minister and spread love to the homeless. Previously, there was a larger group that would gather around the Port Authority, but this year, they were scattered throughout the city. After dinner, we met a man named Israel. We were in the process of finding our way back to the subway, and there he sat. Not far from a cupcake shop, it was somewhere between Chinatown and Little Italy. We stopped to ask if he was hungry and thirsty. When he responded, we gave him water and a meal from the restaurant. Then we asked him if we could pray for him, and there on the street, he said yes. As we prayed with him, the busy street got a little quieter, and for a moment, the busyness of New York slowed down. What could have been a quick drop-off of basic needs morphed into a God moment, where a few moments of prayer served as a reminder of the hope we have in Christ. Now, God allowed our team to be a reminder to a hopeless individual that he was and always will be there.
6: But our going is not limited by just going. Sometimes we go by stepping out right here. And if you think all the way back to January, Newark also started out the year with Out of the Box, feeding Ukrainian refugees. Two years now, we've partnered with Barnabas Charities, and your mission offering this year will prepare us for another Out of the Box event with Barnabas Charities in January. Oh, and kind of one of those, hmm, is that a God thing? Get this. Remember Nick from the beginning of this video? Yes, he and his family are now in Hopkinsville and here in Newark Fellowship. God's reach is something, isn't it? It's a small world. You never know how and where your mission giving will make a global impact, even right here. I'm certainly discovering that, even as I step out by faith into this new adventure. Like I've told Kevin and other pastors and elders, I'm really just giddy about this opportunity. God dropped it in my lap, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I covet your prayers. In fact, let me share with you just one vision idea that God's laid on my heart. Watching New Work embrace the biblical directive to go has truly energized my heart, and the Lord is blessing your obedience and sharing His love. But what if we take it to the next level? What if New Work Fellowship becomes a synonym for a mission-minded church? It can happen. In fact, as you just saw in these videos, we're already off to a great start. While mission trips and out of the box are some ways to execute God's command to go, that may not be feasible for everyone, and that's okay. Remember, God has equipped us all with different gifts, allowing us to carry out His work as one body. For those in small groups, you already know about the role of missions coordinators. These individuals have a heart for missions. They plan and organize events, allowing New Work to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our local ministry partners. I'd like to share three other opportunities for you to be a part of the New Work missions team. First, be a part of a prayer team. We're creating prayer teams for each local, national, and global ministry partner. Prayer is where it all begins by asking the Holy Spirit to provide guidance as we collaborate to share the light of Jesus. Second, you could be a champion or an advocate for one of our ministry partners, serving as the point person to engage more deeply, determining the best resources, funding, and services that directly meet the needs of that specific partner. This will allow Newark Fellowship to exercise biblical stewardship as we support the efforts of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And third, you can serve. If you've never done it, just try it. I know you're busy. I know it can be intimidating, especially if you've not done this before or uncomfortable. But think of it this way. Just one hour of missional service can change your heart, and it can lead to eternal change for those that you're serving. As you see updates from our partners over the next few weeks, pray that the Lord will touch your heart and highlight where He can use you best. Which partner? Which role? Is He asking you to coordinate? To pray? To be an advocate of champion? Or to serve? Let us know and we'll get you connected. So, when I look back at 2023, and indeed, when we as a church look back, we can see that Jesus is still at work. In his church and in his people but that's not all we need to do today we also need to look around
0: let me tell you april is not the only one who is giddy it is amazing to me that god is already at work putting together his team for us in this season as a church of course none of that should surprise us right jesus is always at work right here and right now in fact you can see it in the text in verse 4 Jesus said to the the disciples do not leave until again you might want to circle that word until it's a transition word it is alerting the disciples that things are about to change stay put until something is about to change and then once that thing happens get on with the marching orders. In fact, that's exactly the way Luke described what Jesus was doing, doing the 40 days from his resurrection to his ascension. In verse two, Luke tells us that right up to when Jesus is taken into heaven, he was giving the apostles further instructions. That word instructions, it's a forceful word. It means literally giving them orders, issuing commandments. And what is he commanding? At the right time, you're gonna move out from here. And this is where you are going, he tells them. So look around, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Jesus is using the language of concentric circles. Think of, you know, like ripples in a pond. You can actually see it in the geography on a map. You start right where you are, but you move out, and then you move out, and you move out, and you just keep moving out. When first called into ministry, my pastor was Pastor Jim. He's a key influence in my ministry. He was all about church growth. He was all about the Book of Acts, and one of the books that he that influenced him and that he taught me I remember even going to Training Union while he was teaching this class, and if y'all remember Training Union, we studied a book called Concentric Circles of Concern. And the idea of that book is the same as what you see here in Acts. You begin right where you are, and you move out. Our call is to be on mission the commandment Jesus has issued to us remains the same. Start where you are and then keep looking around and move towards those that are around you. Look at this graphic, for example. It's right out of that study that I did with Pastor Jim. And the book is really about looking at who's close to you and then reaching out in an ever-widening reach. You know, it's a, a lot like our Who are your three who are the three people that you're praying that god reaches and you know it doesn't stop when god reaches your three who are your next three who are the people that god has placed around you listen we have a god-sized work to do and it begins right where you are now josh is going to come and talk about that part
4: When we look around us, it's easy to see that our mission, even to this day, looks much the same as Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Go ahead, take out that missions brochure that you received when you came in this morning, and let me remind you how our mission strategy is at work. Inside the brochure, you'll find a snapshot of 2023's missions, its trips, its partners, and its impact. This will give you a glimpse and a reminder of all that Newark has had their hearts in over the last year. Also, you'll find the mission vision that we have for 2024. There is no doubt that you will be energized and encouraged by what you read. It's an awesome experience to see how Hopkinsville, United States, France, and all the other partners from around the world truly reflect the Acts 1-8 verse. Hopkinsville is our Jerusalem. The United States is our Judea. France would be our Samaria. And Kenya, Ukraine, and Brazil make our reach to the ends of the earth. It's a big mission, and it can't stop and won't stop there. Now hear me out. This is not just another good read for you. This brochure is meant to spur you on to introspectively ask yourself the question, how am I going to do what Jesus commanded? And What part do I play in living out the mission before me and with the church? Trust me, that introspection combined with your prayers will mobilize you in the direction that God would have you go. Well, as you pray through that, realize that those are the same questions that the disciples were asking themselves, which brings us to this last thing.
0: So, so far, you look back, you look around, but you also need to look up. The answer to the how the disciples were going to accomplish their mission is all wrapped up in one word, and that one word is the word power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. He told them that the Holy Spirit was at work, that he was already on the move, that the Holy Spirit is the game changer. How is it that the church is going to make a difference? It's not by me. It's not by you. It isn't because of the incredible team that we have already or the incredible team that God is already building in the months to come. And the difference we make will not even happen because you are a generous giving people listen i rejoice that you are a radically generous people but what is it that makes the difference in accomplishing our mission i tell you we all have to look up we have to look up to god and the power that is at work in us and through us by the holy spirit for his name's sake and what kind of power does he give us he gives us power to be his witnesses, to tell people everywhere about Jesus. Listen, over the past four years, we've seen missions explode around here. Some of you that are relatively new here, you may not even know that, that honestly, this year in mission offering, it's something we only began doing recently. And year after year, you give generously and boldly and effectively as we step into the work that God is doing with and through all of our partners. And so now, over the next two months, I really want you to think about it as the next 40 days. Over the next 40 days, you're going to hear about the partnerships that we have and those that we will be supporting with our year-end mission offering this year. Did Did you catch that detail about the 40 days in the text? It says over 40 days, Jesus talked to them about the kingdom of God. Jesus was getting his disciples ready for mission. And so over the next 40 days, that's what we're doing as well. We want you to be mission ready. Now on December the 17th, we're going to have our in-gathering offering. Now, if if you want to wait to the very last minute, you can You can do that. We'll still be receiving the offering through Sunday, December the 31st, but that's like 56 days. So if you need 56 days, but but we're focused on these 40 days, but this is what we're asking of you. As a church, we're asking you to pray for the mission, to pray for our mission. Have you ever noticed that the first word of our vision statement is the word we? We exist. So every man woman and child listen it can't just be my vision and it can't just be the church vision it has to be your vision too and what do you pray about well you pray about your mission again think about those concentric circles and let me ask you would you pray for the next 40 days will you pray for the three that god has already laid on your heart Remember, we ask you several times a year, who are you praying to Jesus? So today is the beginning of our 40 days. And the first thing, the most important thing is that you pray and specifically ask the Lord, what would you have me to do? How can I contribute to the missional pursuit here at New Work Fellowship? You could even use your mission brochure as a prayer guide every day. Pick out one partner. Pray for them specifically. Pray about your part in the offering. Jesus said where your heart is, there your treasure will be. Listen, before you ever give an offering, you need to give your heart. And here's the thing we want you to know. Jesus has been on mission to get your heart from the very beginning. Pastor Michael's going to come now and wrap it up, reminding you That Jesus has been on mission for your heart from the very beginning.
3: Would you join me this morning glorifying the Lord and what He's doing in the life of missions at New (laughs) Work? I hope we say it enough where you memorize it, where it gets on your nerves, but we exist so that every person would have the opportunity to know Christ, to grow in Christ, and to go as the body. Of Christ, And so far this morning, we've spent the majority of our time telling you how we have went and how we have gone and done missions because the Lord has allowed us to. But I want to take a brief moment and try to convince you that the Lord is not just on mission for those who are out there, but the Lord is on mission for those who are in here. He is on mission for you and for your heart. Before I tell you some stuff this morning, will you pray this over yourself? Would you pray, God, speak, and I will listen. Father God, we come to you. God, we pray that you would speak to us. We pray that we would listen. God, show us and teach us this morning that you are on mission for every soul in here. And God, I pray that if there be anybody who does not know you, who does not have a personal relationship with you, that they might leave this room differently than when they came in. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said. Amen. Everybody say hide and seek. Anybody got cousins growing up, right? Hey, me and my cousins growing up, I was the youngest cousin for a really long time. And one of our favorite games to play was hide and seek right like we weren't playing board games we lost all the pieces we didn't have any technology so it was hide and seek and when I was really little like eight nine ten years old my cousins would play this prank on me and maybe you did this too they'd say hey Michael let's play hide and seek and here's what'll happen you'll go hide and the other four of us will all come find you together And I was really excited to hide, and I would hide, and 10 minutes would go by, didn't hear anything, 15, 20, 30, until I realized they're not looking for me. They just wanted me to go away. Hide and seek. Hey, when I think about hide and seek. I think about a scripture that comes to my mind. I don't want to read this to you, and I want to point out two things to you that I don't want you to miss, okay? Acts chapter 17, verses 26 through 27 says this. From one man, he, that's God, created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. Listen, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps they would feel their way towards him and find him though he is not far from any one of us hey listen to me and look at me you were created in a distinct time in a distinct place for a distinct purpose and the purpose is this so that you would seek the face of God so that you might come to an understanding of there's gotta be something more to this life that you might seek after him, that you might look for him. And the God of the universe, I believe, is waiting on us to look for him. The scriptures say that when we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. The Bible tells another story about a guy named the prodigal son. We know this story, right? There's a dad with two sons. One son is good, he stays at home and works. And the other son says, I want all my inheritance right now. And dad gives it to him. And the prodigal son runs away, possibly for years, blows it, ruins himself. And the Bible says this phrase it says, That the son came to the end of himself. Can I tell you something? I think the reason why we don't seek after the Lord like he wants us to is because we hadn't come to the end of ourself yet. We haven't exhausted every other opportunity. We haven't exhausted all the things that we think will make us happy. But at the bottom of the day, y'all, I'm telling you, the thing that is gonna make you happy is when you decide, I wanna seek the Lord with all my heart and I wanna find him. And that's why the biblical author writes these next words. Though he is not far from any of us, Hey, in your own seeking after the Lord, haven't you felt like, God, where are you? It's like the biblical author is telling us he is right around the corner. Hey, here's what I know I know in a room this size, it is full of people who are either at the end of themselves or you are quickly coming there. I mean, everything's going wrong, you're at the end of yourself. Or you think it's all going good, and friend, I'm here to tell you, you're gonna come to the end of yourself if the Lord's not in that picture. So this morning, I just wanna try to convince you that the Lord is on mission for you, that He wants you. Like, what am I supposed to do? How do I come to the end of myself? How do I come and experience not a religion? And we're not talking about experiencing religion. We're talking about experiencing relationship. How do I do that with Jesus? Hey, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 tells you and me that the only hope that we have of getting to the Father is believing in the gospel, that the gospel is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. Hey, you want to seek after God? Get serious about the gospel. Hey, there are some of you in here, you've been going to church a long time. You don't know what the gospel is. If I was to ask you, can you tell me what the gospel is? You wouldn't know it. And here's what I know. If you don't know the gospel, you probably don't believe in the gospel here's what the gospel is it's the good news that Jesus he came, he lived a perfect life he died, God raised him from the dead and if we call on him, if we believe in him all of my sin, all of my shame is stripped from me and instead Jesus comes and puts his righteousness on me and when God looks at me he doesn't see a failure he sees the faithfulness of Christ it's the good news that where you are you don't have to be And He can change you. Here's a question I just want to ask you today. Have you sought after Him like that? Will you you seek after Him? Jesus tells us in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door. I'm knocking. And if anyone, hey, anyone means you. If anyone opens the door, I will come in and sup with him. I will come in and have a personal relationship with him. Hey, here's what I want to do. I want to do it you and I do with our students. I want to pretend that you don't know how to come to the Lord. And I just want to show you how. So do me a favor. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. I want to ask yourself the question, am I saved. Am I believer? Let me tell you what the Bible says. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 through 10 say this. But if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead on the third day, you will be saved. Hey, the Bible, crystal clear, outlines what every human must do in order to be saved. The first thing it says is that we must confess with our mouth that he is Lord. Michael, what does that mean? It means that you have to audibly say with your mouth, Jesus, you are now my boss. I am not in charge of running my life anymore, Jesus. You are, you are my Lord. Michael how could I ever get to a point To sign off and surrender My life in such a way Because friend he surrendered His life in such a way for you He crawled up on a cross And took all of your punishment All of your sin All of your shame And that act makes him worthy To be called Lord And for us to pledge allegiance to That's the first thing the Bible says That you have to do You have to confess with your mouth That he is Lord Hey here's the question Have you done that? Here's the second instructions that Paul gives. You have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Do you really believe that Jesus came, lived a perfect life? He died and that God raised him from the dead. Hey, The Bible says that if you believe that God raised him from the dead and if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. He is not far from us. Hey, friends, there are some of you in the room right now, you could be heartbeats away from being clothed for eternity with the righteousness of Christ. So here's what I want to do for you. I want to pray. And if that's you and you would say, you know, Michael, I'm, I'm not saved. I want to give you the opportunity to. So as I pray, if you understand the words that I'm saying, I'd like to invite you to pray them after me. Hey, listen, if you're sitting next to somebody and you've been praying for them a long time and you know, man, they're lost, they need the Lord, you pray your heart out right now. Will you pray with me? Say this in your own words, in your own heart. Father, I believe that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of saving. God, I recognize what you did. You sent your one and only son to pay a price that I could not pay. I confess with my mouth right now that he is Lord. I believe in my heart that he did die on the cross. He was buried and that you raised him from the dead three days later. God, help me to live for you. I pray that you would do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Hey, listen to me and look at me. If you did that today for the very first time, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to tell somebody. As soon as you can. You need to tell a pastor. You need to tell an elder. You need to tell your small group teacher because after you tell somebody, then you need to tell the world. You need to come and be baptized, which is the living portrait of the gospel. And when we start with somebody standing up because we believe that Jesus was alive, we put them down because we believe that Jesus died, and we raise them up because we believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. If you did that today, you need to tell somebody. I'll be right up front if you want to come say Let me tell you what else I want us to do during this time. We're getting ready to sing. We're getting ready to worship. And I want the heart of Newark to be burdened for the things that God's heart is burdened for. And here's what we know God's heart is burdened for. It is burdened for the lost. That's why he tells us to go. It is burdened for the lost. So here's what I'd like to invite you to do. If you have somebody that's close to you, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, and you are burdened for them, Can I invite you to bring it to the Lord? You come to the altar and you pray over them. You pray with them, even if they're not here in the room. And let's see what God can do. The Bible says we have not because we, let's ask. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, we're burdened for what you want us to be burdened for. God, would you help us look at the loss the way that you looked at us? God, I pray for my friends in the room. God, and I pray that there were some who sought after you today for the very first time who said, here's my life. I'm at the end of myself. Take it. God, would you surround them in your presence right now? God, would you do a
6: work in and through us today? In Christ's name that we pray and everybody said.